Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. There is something that I wanted to share. I haven't given you guys a, a Smith story in a while, and I have, two, I have two Smith stories in particular that I've been holding back since August. It, they're good ones. And I'm not, I'm not going to shoot them out at you now, but I want you to know I got some locked and loaded. You may get them in the beginning of 2019, but they happened in, in, in August of 2018. One of the things, though, I want to share with you as a Smith family, you know, we, we're all us uh, Smiths. So, you know, remember I told you that I think that there is something afoot in my house where my wife has kind of taken my grandchildren and kind of molded them to say grandma's a winner. And so ever since I told y'all that story, I've been just kind of observing some little stuff that's little trinkets that's around my house. I bought them things today to show y'all how, how downright low down sneaky this woman is. I mean, on a subliminal level. Now look at this. This is in my house. I bought a little bag of stuff here, Smith household. Now she has this sitting up and it says this. <laughs> it says, life is better at grandma's. Hmm. Forget that grandpa lived there too. <laughs> then I find this thing. I'm a grandma. What's your superpower? Mm. Mm. So, um, don't y'all think I just be making this stuff up? I have an arch rival at my house, and she's wearing my wedding ring. All right, guys. Last Sunday of 2018, you know, in many cultures, including our own culture, that transition from one year to the next is a big deal. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really big deal. Uh, as a matter of fact, as the current year winds down and the new, the new year approaches, people tend to kind of take a moment and reflect back on all the things that have happened in their life. You know, whether they're good or whether they're bad, they tend to reflect back. And I imagine that's just, that's just natural. You know, one of the things, though, that you are going to hear a lot of in the upcoming weeks is this phrase, New Year's resolution. <laughs> Family, a resolution, by definition, is a firm decision. Say firm decision. firm decision. A resolution is a firm decision to do or not do something. Therefore, when a person says that they're making a New Year's resolution, that person has made a firm decision to do or not do something during the upcoming year. Again, a resolution is firm, supposedly. I want you to do something with me. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 26. King James Version, starting in verse 26. Prior to delving into this topic further, let's set the tone. 
let's set the stage to put us all in the same frame of mind, all in the same mental uh, location. Here what you're going to find is you're going to find Jesus kind of hanging up with hanging out with his disciples doing what we call the last supper. Now the character of interest in this account for us today is going to be our friend Peter. Peter's actions are going to set the stage and push us down our discussion path. Starting in verse 26, it reads, And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye of all of, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many, shed for many for the remissions of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Verse 30 says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Now, I always read that and say, you know, when they sung a hymn. Well, you know, was Jesus Baptist? Did he lie to him? <laughs> you know, did he say, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify. A never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. And all his disciples start to say, hey, Charles. You know, you know how they, they dragging on. You be like, oh, Lord, I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. Is it? But it said, when they had sung a hymn, right? Now, let's start getting into, into this thing with Peter. Because Jesus, you know, he's going to be on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. Verse 31, then says Jesus unto them, all ye shall be, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this night before the crop, the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice or three times. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise, also said all the disciples. So Peter wasn't the only one that said it. All the disciples said it. But let's take this and break it down real quick. Verse 33, Peter voices a position. Essentially, he says, you know what, God? I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus, I'm never going to desert you. By the end of verse 35, though, he had made a resolution. He said, even if I'm forced to die, I will never deny you, Jesus. I ask you, family, how firm was Peter in that communication that had came out of his own mouth? How firm was he in that? Well, look at it. We don't have to try too much. Go down to verse 69 in Matthew 26. I'm bringing this out of the Message Bible only because it's just upfront and clearer. So they've taken Jesus away. All this time, Peter was sitting out in the courtyard 
one servant girl came up to him and said, you were with Jesus in the Galilean in front of everybody there. He denied it. I don't know what you're talking about. As he moved over towards the gate, someone else said to the people there, this man was with, was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied it. Salting his denial with an oath. I swear I never lay eyes on this man. Shortly after that, some bystanders approached Peter. You've got to be one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he got really nervous and swore, I don't know the man. Peter remembered what Jesus said, had said, before the rooster crows, you would deny me three times. He went out and cried and cried and cried. One more time, family. A resolution is firm. Yet many people find themselves like Peter. Having spoken a resolution or commitment with a lot of passion. Only to, to see that commitment disintegrate amid life's challenges. Millions of well-intended people launch out into the new year every year, resolving to hear this list. Exercise more. Eat healthier. Stop smoking. Begin a new career, career, finish school, spend more quality time with their children, improve the relationship with their spouse, manage finances better, give up drugs, stop drinking alcohol, separate from bad company, get better grades, read the Bible more, become a better disciple, mend fences with family, you name it. They resolve to do it at the beginning of every year. They make that resolution. And a resolution, by definition, loved ones, is supposed to be firm. The list of possible resolutions is very long. Still, the question remains. How many people take flight into the new year on wings of great high resolutions expectation only to crash and burn in short order? How many people do that? You know what? You don't have to wonder. I'm going to give you an indication. Organizations, institutions, including schools and survey companies, have all evaluated and examined this topic. And based on their findings, I'm going to show you just a small snippet of what they've concluded. If you would, sir, give me slide number one. New Year's resolutions, what's the trend? <laughs> Family, of the millions of people, 100% of those people that start January 1, by the end of the year, only 8% as few as 8%, studies vary, but as few as 8% actually accomplish the goal they set out the beginning of the year to accomplish. That's pretty low. That's pretty low. Slide two. Now, if we wanted to kind of find a silver lining in it, the studies also say that 
by mid-year, so around June or July, 50% of the people have kind of quit on their goal. But the silver lining is half of them are still going strong. Half of them are so, okay, so you got some people with some stick to but somewhere between middle of the year and end of the year, guess what? 42% of them rascals still throw in the towel. You want to see an absolutely staggering statistic, though? They have a statistic. They break them down in some categories. Family, when it comes to the category of health and fitness, let me show you something amazing. Slide three, please. When it comes to health and fitness, of the 100% of the people that start, only 20% of those people are still going strong by mid-February. That's an 80% quit rate in less than 60 days. Think about that. December 31st, 11.59. You still, you still got your hat on and your big glasses that's, 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 that's blinking. I'm going to do this. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to eat right. Doggone it. By, by the time Valentine's Day going, you eating chunky monkey ice cream and you're, you're done. But the result is staggering. It, it, it blows me away. And, and, and it doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me, especially when it involves my family and loved ones, which all of you are. <coughs> Over the next two sessions, I aim to do something. I aim to provide some guidance Guidance to help that, that this, this, this negative trend of keeping what you've decided to do, what you've committed to do, we want to improve that trend. I commit to share some things with you to help you do that. If it applies. I always want to make sure that, that it's a blanket statement. You may be, you may be fine, but that's a, that's a sharp curve downward. I am not saying, say pastor is not saying. Thank you. I am not saying that New Year's resolutions are negative. In and of themselves, they're not bad. A New Year's resolution expresses a person's desire to be better. How can, how can that be bad? That's a good thing. You should want to be better and, and, and release words of, of, of faith. In fact, let's be real with it. Nobody, you, me, your cousin, your auntie, your next door neighbor, nobody need wait for New Year's to make a resolution. If there is something that will make your life better, if it's March 3rd, doggone it, get on it March 3rd. No one need to make. Life improving steps are fair game every second of every minute of every day.
but the objective of the guidance I'm going to provide is to help make our resolutions firm. Not to make them wishy-washy, but to make them firm. Simply stated, say this with me, and I don't know if this is going to be grammatically correct if anybody out there are English majors, but this is the way it, it signs to me, just to make it simple. Simply stated, say this with me, we want, we want our, resolutions our resolutions resolved, resolved. Once, and for all. once and for all. Once and for all. We want to end the cycle of making a commitment, making a resolution, only to show up the next year to have to make the same resolution all over again. We want our resolutions resolved once and for all. To that end, family, I'm going to offer you two acronyms. Now, these acronyms are not mine, meaning I didn't sit down with a deep prayer and, and come up with them. The prayer was, God, how do I convey this message? But the acronyms were just based on things I found in study. But acronyms are good because when you get an acronym, it's easy to remember what we're talking about. Our first acronym, slide four, please, sir, is the word SMART. Say SMART. smart. What does that mean, SMART? Please, sir, number five. When you're setting a goal, be smart and set SMART goals. What is a SMART goal? A SMART goal is specific, it's measurable, it's achievable, it's relevant, and it's time-bound. Pastor, what do you mean by that? This is what I mean by that. A specific goal is not, I'm going to be healthier this year. A specific goal is, I am going to improve my cardiovascular stamina. That's specific. A specific goal is not, I want my family to be better, or I'm going to make my family better. A specific goal is, I am going to spend more quality time with my children. Specific. Measurable. Not, I'm going to walk every day. Measurable. I'm going to walk five miles a day, five days a week. Or, with your family, I'm going to take my children to practice on Saturdays and three nights a week. I'm going to do homework. I'm going to read bedtime stories. It's got to be measurable. Achievable. Is it achievable? Say this with me. Being achievable, being achievable. is not the same as, the same as being, easy. being easy. A goal should stretch you. A goal should push you to be better. A goal should cause you to become more than what you currently are. So being achievable is not about being easy. The question is, is it realistic? Do you have the capability and the resources to get it done? Is it achievable, relevant? Is, is the goal relevant to you? When you start off with the goal of being healthier, quote unquote healthier, 
Does your health mean something to you? You want to spend more quality time with your children? Do your children mean something to you? Because if they mean something, that meaning something is the thing that undergirds you to keep going when times get tough. But if it's not relevant, if it doesn't mean anything to you, what, what, what motivates you to keep that goal? Think about it. Time bound. Setting a goal with no time parameters. An example of a time parameter for, for, for anything would be, I'm going to start January 10th and maintain it for 180 days, then reevaluate. Set smart goals. Make that resolution. Give it the opportunity to be firm. Turn to Proverbs 24, Message Bible. The potential behind the SMART acronym is that it forces a person to put together a well-thought-through plan. It can't be fuzzy. To develop a valid plan, a person must research and dig into and get the knowledge, the understanding, and the wisdom to make their goal a success. A person with a goal needs more than a good idea. A person with a goal needs a strategic plan of attack. I love the way Proverbs 24 in the Message Bible verbalizes a strategic plan of attack. Starting in verse 3, Message Bible, it takes wisdom to build a house and understanding to set it on a firm foundation. It takes knowledge to furnish its rooms with fine furniture and beautiful draperies. It's better to be wise than strong. Intelligence outranks muscle any day. Strategic planning is the key to warfare. When you set a goal, you're going against the status quo. Maybe the way your body has been used to living. Maybe the way your family has been used to operating. Maybe the way you've been used to going to your job. Maybe the way you've been used to teaching your class. You're going to war against the status quo. You need a strategic plan to win in warfare. Strategic planning is the key to warfare to win you need lot, a lot of good counsel, which we try to provide as much as we can every time we get together. Good counsel, good plan. And even though it goes without saying, I don't want to miss anyone who may be wading deep in the Christian waters. We need God. The Bible says many are the plans in the man's heart, but it's God's plan that are perfect. We, we, we know that. I shouldn't have to say that. If I had to, I said it. I'm not saying just make something of your own. God is in it. The Holy Spirit is in it. He's guiding you. He's leading you. But when you get the plan, don't be sloppy with it. Because by definition, loved ones, a resolution is firm. A person can boost 
his or her resolution's probability of success by creating a smart plan of attack. But now, does that mean just because you have a plan of attack that you won't face any challenges? Of course not. Say this with me. Life is not, Life is not a respecter of plan. Life don't care nothing about your plan. Life don't care nothing about your plan. Even the best made plans will face challenges. Think back to our chart. You don't think those 92% of the people that didn't make it to the end of the year, you don't think any of them had a plan? Some of them may have even had a smart plan. But they still fail. They still fail. Why did they fail? Because life is no respecter of plan. But this leads us to our second acronym. Our second acronym, remember that steep drop in the health and fitness area? Our second acronym really comes from that category. And what that, this acronym is going to do is it, it emerges from just some thoughts as to why do people fail? Why do they fail? When I think it through, give me slide six, please. According to this acronym, which you're going to see shortly, here are some the major reasons people fail. They can't find the time. Or I put in there, they claim they can't find the time. They fail because they're lacking a game plan to keep it going. They're ignoring their commitment and falling into old patterns. They get frustrated with the lack of early results. And they forget why they even got started. So what is the acronym? Number seven, please, sir. Cliff. C-L-I-F-F. If you would think back, and we're going to get back to and show you this, the first letter of each one of those bullets started with one of those letters. And essentially, what it's saying is if you find yourself in any one of these states of mind where you claim you can't find the time, where you lack a game plan, where you're ignoring your commitment and falling in the old plan, where you're frustrated, where you're forgetting, if you, then you are on the brink of falling off the cliff and not keeping your commitment. Slide eight, please, sir. If you find yourself picking up these five items, ladies and gentlemen, you are on the verge of falling off the cliff and not keeping your commitment. Now, let's take a moment and explore each one of these letters in Cliff briefly. Because I want you to have this. The first one. I can't find the time. Family, the decision is yours. The time is yours. So in being 
fatherly to you, I say, make the time. Make the time. Turn to the book of Joshua. Book of Joshua, chapter 24, King James Version, verse 15, reads like this. If it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua say, you got to make a choice. Make a choice, make a decision. Don't be wishy-washy, stick with it and move forward. That verse in the Message Bible begins with these words. Joshua says, if you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose to worship God, then choose a God you rather serve and do it today. In most cases, I would argue that there is time. As a matter of fact, let me push it to you like this. People find the time to do what they want to do. Huh? You can find somebody that say they ain't got no time to do something. Then they, quote unquote, fall in love with somebody. And three in the morning, they find time to do something. Think about it. I'm not even talking about that. That's not what I'm talking about. The fit, the, let me be specific then so I can just dispel that. What I'm saying is when a person wants to do something, the same day that they say they have no more hours in the day, doggone it, they'll carve out some time to find some time to do what they want to do. I can't get up early in the morning. Hey, girl, I'm going to be, oh, I, I'm ready. <laughs> That's what I mean by relationship. You will find the time. You will find the time. Yo, bro, I don't do that. Bro, I thought you said you didn't do that because oh, she, oh, she wanted to go. People find the time to do what they want to do. So if you're saying you can't find the time, double check that. Keep your commitment. Don't fall off a cliff. The time is yours. Find the time to change. L, lacking a game plan to keep you going. We've already read it. Proverbs 24, a strategic plan is the key to warfare. So I need for you to care enough about your resolution and your commitment to develop a strong, well-thought-out plan. That's it. Ignoring your commitment and falling into old patterns. Go to Judges 2. Message Bible. Starting in verse 11. You know, the people of Israel were just not being pleasing to God. In verse 11, it says that they were doing evil in the sight of God. Verse 12 says they served Baal gods. They deserted God the God of their parents who had led them out of Egypt. So they're ignoring something here. Jump down to verse 16. 
But then God raised up judges who saved them from their plunders. But they wouldn't listen to their judges. They prostituted themselves to other gods, worshiped them. They lost no time leaving the road walked by their parents, the road of obedience to God's commands. They refused to have anything to do with it. When God was setting up judges for them, he would be right there with the judge. He would save them from their enemies' oppression as long as the judge was alive, for God was moved to compassion when, when he heard their groaning because of those who afflicted and beat them. But when the judge died, if they didn't know their commitment, the people went right back to their old ways, ignoring their commitment and falling back into their old ways. Right back to their old ways, but even worse than their parents, running after other gods, serving and worshiping them, stubborn as mules, they didn't drop a single evil practice. And verse 20 begins with, and God's anger blazed against Israel. The children of Israel continued to forget their commitment and fell back continuously into their own ways. Simply stated, family, do not forget the commitment that you've made and do not allow yourself to fall back into your old ways. Go to Matthew 7. Let's talk about being frustrated with the lack of early results. Matthew chapter 7, King James Version, verse 13, reads like this. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth to, to, unto life, and few there be that find it. Verses 13 and 14 in the Message Bible. We're going to pick these up. Here it goes. It starts with this. Don't look for shortcuts to God. Oftentimes, family, when people are frustrated with not getting early results, they abandon their goal plan and they start looking for shortcuts. It reads, the market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. They start to look for, people begin to look for, individuals begin to seek some kind of shortcut or easy formula to get to where they want to go. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. Family change can be work. Please resist the attraction of shortcuts and magic formulas. Do not be weary in doing well. You stay the course. The last one, forgetting why you started. Go to Exodus 16. All of this comes out of the Message Bible. Now, the children of Israel, they've left Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land. They're walking through the wilderness. I'm just going to jump right in. This is them complaining to Moses. Exodus 16, verse 3. The Israelites said, why didn't God let us die in comfort in Egypt where we had lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? You brought us out into the wilderness to starve us to death, the whole company of Israel. 
Now, before we jump on that, go to Numbers 11. Numbers 11, verses 4 and verse 5. Same type of deal. The riffraff among the people had a craving, and soon they had the people of Israel whining. Why can't we have meat? We ate fish in Egypt and got it free. To say nothing of the cucumbers and the millens and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Come on, people. You were slaves in Egypt. You were getting beat and whipped in Egypt. You were oppressed in Egypt. How soon have you forgotten why you even started this journey to begin with? Don't forget why you started and set your goal. People fall off the cliff because they forget why they started to begin with. You stop dating those kind of guys because they were beating on you. Stop falling off the cliff. That type of life was not good and healthy for you. Don't you forget why you, why you decided to walk away. That job wasn't good for you. That mindset wasn't good for you. Look, being away from God for long stretches wasn't good for you. Stop forgetting why you started. Stop falling off the cliff. So we have smart and we have cliff. I want you to take those two acronyms and make them part of your goal-setting, resolution-making life. It doesn't have to be at the beginning of the new year. But please, 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 if you're going to make a plan of attack, make it smart. And don't fall off the cliff. Ideally, a New Year's resolution, and this is in wrap-up. Ideally, a New Year's resolution, family, is not just the commitment that affects that upcoming year. That resolution preferably affects many, many years thereafter. The intent of the resolution is to make life better forever. Therefore, the successful accomplishment of one's resolution is a benefit to one's life, but success comes with effort. To improve your chances of success, please make smart plans, and avoid the cliff moments in your life that are likely to come. Say this with me. I want to always remember that starting is a reason to get happy, but the start is not really the moment we look to celebrate. Think about our chart, family. All those millions of people, 100% of them, 
they all make the starting line. They all make the starting line. But the start, that position, that's not the place that we release the confetti. The starting place is a point of joy. But family, to start and not finish is a crime. We want to celebrate the moment that we all cross the finish line. We want to celebrate that moment in time, family, that we realize that our resolutions are resolved once and for all. Amen. Why do we say this? We say this because we are poised to truly have our best life ever. But don't be deceived in thinking that the enemy is going to let you just walk right into your best life ever. Because your best life ever is a danger to him. Your best life ever is a benefit to the kingdom of God. So in all that we do, we're going to be smart. And in all that we do, we're going to stay off the edge of that cliff. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.